0: You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text, as this is a recording, and lines are now closed. In the name of Allah most gracious, ever merciful. Good afternoon, welcome, Assalamu alaikum. May the peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all from Friday. Drive Time Show
1: with myself, Cayum,
0: Brother Raza, and Brother Daniel. Good afternoon, Assalamu alaikum. Peace be on you, gentlemen.
1: Good afternoon, as-salam. peace be on you as well. Uh,
2: House full today.
0: I was full on the last show of the drive time, or the last drive time show of the year. Yeah, the
2: uh-huh. year that was two
0: thousand twenty-three. Twenty twenty-three, man. Where where has all the years gone?
2: <laughs> yeah, not this yet. Year. The years are year you in
0: the triple That's digits true. yet? Yeah, I beg your pardon. What? <laughs> I beg your pardon. He Hi. looks like he does, somebody <laughs> who, who may be close to it. Listen, I know. I, I know it's the white beard. You know, it's funny. The white beard makes me laugh. And the, 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 the structure um, after Friday prayers, This the, one of the youngsters that, uh, you know, you grow up and then some of the youngsters when they're in the youth organization and they're fathers as well. Mm-hmm. And I look at them, I said, kids having kids. Yeah. <laughs> and he looks at me he goes, and he told his son, look, Santa Claus. <laughs> and I shook his son's hand and I said, go school and tell them Santa Claus is a Muslim. You saw him at Friday prayers. <laughs> A, that would put a cat amongst the pigeon. <laughs>
1: That's right. Yes.
0: But it is uh, the last uh, drive time show of the year with as usual. Um, we are going to be talking about two topics. The first hour is dedicated to um, Islam, a Russian need. We're going to try and, uh, and, and talk about this topic for about 10 minutes or so. Uh, but in the next hour, we're going to finish off the year with the, with the Holy Kaaba. We're going to talk about um, the original house of God, I should say, if I'm allowed to say that. Yes. Um, we're indeed. going to talk of some of the history, the significance, um, and the mystery around this this cube-shaped building in the holy city of Makkah in Saudi Arabia. If you are interested in any of these topics, we would love to hear from you, 0208-687-7878, or you can join us on our social media platforms. But to start off with, the topic of the hour was going to be Islam, a Russian need. It is a topic that I came up with, I thought up. I read a few articles a couple of weeks ago, in fact, a month or so ago, and and I had suggested that, or it had, you know, sometimes you read something um, and then um, you try and put some connections with different topics and you think that kind of falls in line with, islam or, or or you see similarities in in how sometimes government acts and i thought to myself is is it changing because forever we've been hearing um, you know things are going to change where sometime um, islam you know or the 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 seed of islam is going to be sown somewhere and it's going to sprout somewhere in 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 the most Or sometimes it sprouts in the most, you know, the last of the places that you would think.
1: Yes. And I I actually would think that Islam is not just a Russian need. Islam is the need of the world. It is. Exactly. uh, You know, only what, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking to somebody who read the Quran and uh, was inspired as as a result of uh, reading the Quran and uh, became muslim and there's so many examples of that you know people so i yeah i think spirituality is the need of the world um, and islam the, the solution that islam provides is is what the world needs
0: it you're 100% accurate and the reason i don't really want to go down the topic of is it a Russia need because firstly what you've just said mm-hmm. it's not a need of russia but then one of our producers thanks thanks to them they 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 put a YouTube link of the fourth caliph of the promised Messiah, mm-hmm. uh, His Holiness, Mizza Tahir Ahmed. May Allah have mercy on his soul. And he was asked this question back in, I think, So I thought, let's play this. And his answer to this question of Islam with connection to Russia kind of answered my query or my topic of whether... There is a connection here. So let's go and listen to this. It's it's about eight, eight and a half minutes. So please do listen because it will uh, put um, a great light, not a small light, a great light on what is happening in and around the world. And this was said 24, 25 years ago, which is still relevant today. So let's go and listen to what His Holiness, the fourth Caliph of the Promised Messiah, said.
3: And I think this is totally a focus focus concept of what's happening there. It is just a wishful thinking on the part of the West to, please, to use religion for their own political ends. That is what it is, nothing more, nothing less. The fact is that religion has lost its value and no communist country can afford to revive religion so that ultimately it can become a threat to their very system of economy and their philosophy. It's impossible. Nobody can afford that. Only they are making show of reviving religion while in fact religion is not revived at all. Only some forms are added here and there with great consciousness so that uh, the world abroad Receives a message that something is happening in the right direction. While in fact nothing is happening in the right direction. I have uh, uh, asked the boy, yeah, boys and some Ahmadi grown-up people who went to Russia to observe things with a critical eye. And I told them how they one must observe things there, what was happening. Now there is such a talk about revival of Islam in in Muslim Russia. There is no such thing at all. What they found was that the mosques, some mosques, were officially opened while they were closed before, and a very few old men, whose average age was beyond sixty, not less in any way, were there to say their prayers sometimes as the priest. And there was an official mullah there to look after their affairs and to see to it perhaps that no young man takes interest in religion. And uh, this is what they call the revival of Islam. It has nothing to do with Islam whatsoever. It's a political game. They want to cultivate their relationship more and more with the um, Muslim world as well as they want to make it appear to the outside world that they also are religious, so religion must not oppose them. They make it appear that religion and communist philosophy can survive together. Well, this is not the case at all. Well, It's a long subject, I can't opine on it in this session. I mean, it's a, an independent subject, which uh, would take quite a few hours to discuss in detail. But one thing is very certain. That the youth in these areas is not at all religious-minded now. They have been completely debriefed and uh, washed out as far as religion is concerned. The, the, the sheet is kept pretty clean now. What they are fighting for is not religion. What they are fighting for is the fact that they, they are beginning to feel that they have been deprived of many advantages of the free free Russia while European Russia is enjoying those advantages and moreover they are beginning to see that all the power concentration and all the industrial concentration is intentionally being made in the European Russia and they are beginning to see the fact that uh, the Raw material in most cases belongs to the uh, non-European Russia which happens to be in majority, uh, uh, majority Muslim area and the revival is just that of consciousness that we are being exploited in the name of communism which apparently does away with exploitation. So it is European Russia which is ruling in the name of entire Russia. Now that is one consciousness on their part. Another consciousness is taking place, We' coming into being in European Russia, that the population of non-European Russia is expanding at a much faster rate than the population of European Russia. So they are becoming more and more cautious of this fact and conscious of this fact. So they are taking measures to offset this thing. Another thing what is happening is this, that the language problem is but becoming more and more acute. European Russia speaks uh, Russian language and uh, many other states non-European states, have their own uh, local languages. Now, when they come to the National Assembly, it was previously the practice that uh, the speakers would use Russian or perhaps one or two other languages, but uh, they were not permitted to use the local languages. Now the representatives from those areas are insisting on speaking their language whether people understand or not. So they have to translate them into Russian. So this is a division between the Orient and the Occident. Not the religion and non-religion. Mm-hmm. Religious and non-religious forces. And to think that even if religion is taking root, it is uh, just like a stray seed sprouting in a, in a, you know, just uh, in a sh- under a shade with enough moisture and good soil, sometimes these seeds sprouts in arid land as well, occasionally. That doesn't mean that the whole country, whole desert is becoming, a country, turning into a garden of Eden. So if, as straight occurrences, somewhere there is a religious phenomenon to be observed. Yeah. You can't rest your hopes on that because even in religious worlds, worlds outside, religious values are dying. How foolish it would be to conceive religion taking strong roots in Russia and on its own becoming a great power in Russian politics. While religion in the free world, where it is not at all hindered, is by itself dying down, and its values are dying down. Only a a pseudo-religion is being born in the name of politics. So, whatever could have happened, may have happened on these lines, maybe a CIA-imposed religion is taking shape there, but not the true religion. Even in your universities and colleges, these subjects are introduced to train people in this direction because they must make use of of this, uh, um, I mean, new development, which is a political development and a controlled development. And for that they must have their own uh, scholars of their own training to be used in future. This is why new subjects are being added in, in, in universities. And this is all an organized crime against religion and against humanity because the religion they propose has nothing to do with God, nothing to do with religiousness itself.
0: And there we had uh, His Holiness, the fourth Caliph of the promised Messiah, Mr. Tahir Ahmed, may Allah have mercy on his soul. Back in 99, I think this is. If one was to apply those words to today nothing's changed has it Rosa?
2: no I, I think it has it's ex- more relevant yeah it's more relevant and i think it, ha- it has expanded to i mean his holiness in this uh, aspect was talking about and the question was asked in specific in regards to russia but i think this is probably something that we're seeing all across all, all across the globe all across the world in the free world, in the East, and the West, and again, even in so-called Muslim countries, I would even expand to.
0: Most definitely. I found it really striking when His Holiness talked of opening of mosques. He spoke of Mm. um, people, or especially the youth, turning away from religion. And the word pseudo-religion, yeah, would it's more relevant today that term than ever before? No, don't you?
1: Yes, absolutely. Uh, yes, absolutely, Brother I think uh, people, I think probably have even progressed uh, beyond pseudo religion as well now, and all they want to talk about is uh, spirituality. Yeah, yeah. They say that yeah, well, let's be spiritual. Why can't we be spiritual? What's the need of religion? What is the need of God? Um. And um, yeah, we, we have everything else we just need uh, we just need spiritual. so so I think there is there is a commotion somewhere inside, and uh, uh, humanity in general, people in general are trying to look for answers in various things. They're looking, they do now realize that there is a spiritual side of every human um, and a need that needs to be a spiritual need that needs to be fulfilled, just like our physical needs our mental needs, um, and people are trying to find different um, uh, different ways of uh, satisfying those needs.
2: So when you say pseudo-religion, again, correct me if I'm wrong here, but my understanding of this term uh, is is also that if you have the framework of a religion, but w- what is it that we're seeing today in the world? You have Christian faith, you have the islamic faith you have judaism you have buddhism sikhism and all these all these faiths but for example let let's just take islam right i mean that's something that we can talk about um because we we've seen it we've observed it and it's not it's not a, a thing that is hidden what is left of islam right so it's it's basically we, people have introduced and again this is something that every religion goes through however the difference what we believe between Islam and, and and any other faith is, and God Almighty had promised that I this is, this is my religion as as was every other religion. But the 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 difference here is that the the book where this faith is based upon that has been promised to be safeguarded. All right, so that is one thing that we can clear from the get go. However, that does not mean that the actual faith. Uh, the religion, the practices of that religion, the belief system of that religion, that cannot be affected. It has been affected. And again, every religion goes through that. However, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, revealed and, and prophesied through divine knowledge that God has promised him that he will raise people at the head of every century to rectify. Mm. to correct some of the things that have crept into that faith. But they will all, all only be able to do so much mm. because, again, the power and the influence and, and the impact that a prophet has, nobody else can have. Or an appointed one by God, Almighty. Would you say that also, progression,
0: development, and how... Messages can be relayed across the world makes a difference. The speed of it. Well, uh, what
2: do you? What do the you, what the do you reason mean by I mean that?
0: this, okay. What you're talking about is a hundred years, a new messenger, not messenger. No, no. Sorry, no but no, a, then we're not talking about messengers. No, we're talking about a
2: reformer. A reformer. Uh, we're talking about yeah, a reformer yeah, who comes yeah, and he says, "Well, slu- hold on, the, the, you, the you've the allowed new is innovations." Mujadid. yes, meaning he he renews basic. That's it. So,
0: say a hundred years ago. Uh, Or 600 years ago, Hmm. a reformer came to say, look, for the past 100 years, you've allowed for these innovations to come into the authentic belief, and you need to go back to the authentic belief. But if that person was 600 years ago, that message would only reach so many people. Yes. Hence why I say that the progression of the world, the progression of how a message can be relayed to the world, the speed of it, Hmm. would that not be relevant in accordance with the message?
2: Of course, because it gets diluted, right? Exactly. I mean, when when we look at, for example, the very early beginnings of Islam, what was the need at that time of the rightly guided caliphs, let's say, um, Hazrat Abu Bakr may Allah be pleased with him, or Hazrat Umar may Allah be pleased with him, in destroying certain... In, in destroying every other copy of the Holy Quran mm. and accept only one. I mean, people had their own personal copies, like a, a certain verses here, certain chapters there, but he they ordered that everything shall be burnt, everything shall be destroyed, and there shall be one universal, one standardized copy of the Holy Quran. Also, what was the need? I mean, if you go back... Uh, let's say, a thousand years, or maybe even before that, or the very early manuscripts of the Holy Quran that we have, they didn't have any lines and dots and this and Mm. that on how to read, because the Arabs knew how to read. Mm -hmm. The need arose when people from different backgrounds, people from different places, people from different countries, when they entered the fold of Islam. Now, this was happening at a very, very quick speed. And, of course, they're going to bring their own culture they're going to bring their own customs and rituals and this and that and all of that is going to be part and parcel of what they believe islam to be mm-hmm. which is why it was needed to have these certain copies of the holy quran that we know how to read certain words that we know uh, it's not uh, khatum it's khatam or khatim or whatever it is right it, it's right. these small variations small that make variations, a huge yes, difference do make a difference so it does have an impact in in the speed in which um, you progress and the mm-hmm. speed in which I, it is it is you know spread to the world and also the time. Mm. Now the reason why I was saying that if you if you look at other faiths, again, if anybody disagrees with me, by all means do give us a call 020-868-7878. But correct me if I'm wrong here. Let's take modern day issues. Mm. Um and I'm no expert here, but let's say uh, women being priests, Mm. right? Or let's say um, the newest um, developments that we have, gay marriage Mm. in in the church. Mm. Is is that something that we find in the actual Christian theology and the Christian teachings that it was said, yes, this is something that you should do? or is that something that because of the pressure of society because of the pressure of certain lobbies or individuals or in the name of fitting into the 21st century and modernization and all of these things that these things have been introduced that even the heads of the churches are kind of forced and we know you there there is recorded interviews where um high standing clerics and and clergy disagrees with these with these introductions disagrees with with whatever i've the just wa- mentioned the watering down of the watering the, down. the authentic but you won't f- and um, even in islam you will find this in even yeah, in yeah. islam you have these progressive mosques or I- inclusive mosques i mean you have in canada these things where you have female imams yeah. there is no justification for that mm. it doesn't exist but in the name of, yes, we have to fit in, we have to adopt, these things are introduced. Islam does not need to adapt. Mm-hmm. It has been created for all of mankind, for the rest of eternity. It is us who have to understand these verses, understand these teachings, understand the, the essence of what Islam actually is saying um, and adapt that into our lives. So, So the difference, so what you're saying is that so these, these the pseudo-religions, is, it's just the core is left, yeah. but there's no content. There's, there's no, no substance. There's no substance. The structure is standing. Yes, all going to find, I mean, five pillars of Islam. There's no one worthy of uh, worship except God Almighty. and the. Holy so, so they're saying that the word but,
0: of God should change in accordance with the need of man. And that is wrong. Whereas
2: Islam is,
0: well, no, the man will, the man will obey the word of God. That's what it is. Full stop. That, that's that, what it
1: that's is. What I, that's what it is theoretically. Yep. But that's, as you said earlier, that is not how it is practically when you yes. look at the Islamic world. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> there is actually a hadith which I'd like to quote as well. This is from um, uh, Mishkat, And it says, there will come upon a time when nothing will remain of Islam except mm. its name only, and nothing will remain of the Quran except its inscription. Their mosques will be splendidly furnished, but destitute of guidance.
2: And I'm telling you, I have seen it. I have seen it with my own two eyes. We'll come to this. I mean, the next topic is going to be about the Kaaba. But I have seen it with my own eyes that people are praying, worshipping, bowing down, putting their forehead on the ground in the opposite direction of where they should be praying towards. Hmm. I mean, Kaaba is, let's say, to the east. They will put down their heads to the west. I have seen it with my own eyes, and I couldn't believe it. My question to myself:
0: We, we have reached a a, a state in time before we came on air, I was talking to Brother Daniel, and and we were just discussing twenty twenty three. Again, forget before. Mm. We have got to a point where we have no choice left in the world we live but to turn to God. Is, is, that, is that is that a strong statement or is that reality or is
2: that my reality? The, the question you have to ask is what more needs to happen exactly. for mankind to realize that this is the only option they have left? Those people who were... The flag bearers and the, the the you know the the beacons of human rights. We know where those societies stand. I'm I'm so happy
0: you said that because me and Brother Dhani we were just joking. We were having a laugh about this in a sense, ironically, in 1947, Sir Chaudhry Muhammad Zafarullah, uh, may Allah be pleased with him. Mm. He was the at that time. I think, please anyone can call in and correct me. At that time. He was the the still the foreign uh, the for, he was, oh, yeah, the, yeah, was he was the a first, foreign minister yeah, Pakistan, of yes. Pakistan when he made this speech yes. about Abidjanus, Palestine, yeah. and yeah. he said uh, the words you just used the, the 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 custodian of human rights in words when the the when the, when all the Jews were moved to Palestine, mm. and he said, well, these custodians of human rights. When they were asked, when he goes, when we went to Australia and said, would you like to take some? And suddenly they said, we have land shortages. No, no, no. Mm. When America was told, they said they have bad economy at the time. They have no place on finances for it. So no, no, no. Canadian, UK, all the countries in the developed Western world who had been the loudest on raising humanitarian issues when they were asked to Walk the talk
2: Hmm.
0: on humanitarian grounds. They were all absent. They were all unable to walk the talk. And that was 1947. We're in
1: 2023.
2: Those words are still relevant today. Of course. And that's the difference between people of faith, men of religion, men of God, I mean, look. When we talk about Sa'aduddin Khan, may Allah be pleased with him, there is a reason why we say may Allah be pleased with him. Yeah. He was one of the companions of the founder of the Ahmadiyya community mm-hmm. of the Promised Messiah, Azim Zaghulam, hum be peace. So he he did have that connection with the Caliph of the time. He did have that connection with God, mm-hmm. and there was no vested interest. There was nothing personal that he would have gained from. Uh, the aspirations that he had, nothing. And he was the first voice in the world to stand up for the Palestinians. And then you look, what happens if you don't listen to man of God? Yes. That's where we are at the moment. Yeah. For the past 20 years plus, the man of God that we keep referring to most of the time in every show, His Holiness Hazrat Mizah Masood, i the current Caliph and the fifth successor to the Promised Messiah, the founder of the MDMS community, he has been saying it over and over and over again, yeah. and nothing that he has to be afraid of, nothing that he has to gain no, from perfect. because his community is in every single country of the world, so he cannot pick sides first of all, and the world doesn't listen to him. he spoke about you know um the the the, the current state or whatever aspired in in America. When, when we had the storming of the Capitol. And the same exact terms, the same exact words that he used in a time when people smiled and they said, well, you know what, that, that's not going to happen. I mean, that's a bit far-fetched. Yeah. When the word civil war was used. Yeah, was civil war or yeah. third world war. Yeah. He has been, I remember the first time he spoke about it and I thought to myself, even I thought to myself, that, that's, that's a heavy, heavy thing to say. And you open up social media, go through the news today, I kid you not, it won't take more than five minutes and you will read these words. But then again, the world doesn't learn. We, we, we simply don't learn from history and it's a cycle that repeats itself over and over again. The Holy Quran says over and over again that never has a messenger of God come to the world. That they that the world did not reject him, and it didn't just stop at rejecting him, they mocked him hmm. and and God says in in Surah Yasin, that you know oh my 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 servant how unfortunate are you but we don't learn and the thing is once it gets to a point where God has given you warnings, God has given you signs, God has sent people that said the right things at the right time, but the world did not pay any attention. What follows after that? Again, go back in history. There will be consequences.
1: Absolutely. So there was this last part of this hadith that I that I didn't read out and I was waiting for this particular moment. So the full hadith that uh, I was quoting earlier from Mishkat is, there will come upon a time when, they, when nothing will remain of islam except its name only and nothing will remain of the quran except its inscription their mosques will be splendidly furnished but destitute of guidance and the last part is their divines will be the worst people under the heaven and strife will issue from them and avert to them so the point that i wanted to make was that the world actually at the moment is looking for leadership? Mm-hmm. There is no leadership in that. Uh, every um, most people find themselves rudderless. Most uh, people find the politics of their country to be rudderless. Most people have um, ha- have developed empathy towards most politicians in most countries. Yeah. So there is a, a huge void and the point that, that we're trying to make here is that that leadership God has made available it is just for us to go and look for it. God did send a prophet in this era and then God did send caliphs has sent a caliph for this time who is uh, the current leader of the Muslim community. <clears throat> so if you were just to listen to him you will find the guidance that you need to lead your life to be successful and to be fulfilled you're 100% correct but to the listener
0: yeah then are we saying that you're looking in the wrong place because i i would say you're not looking at all well the the reason i ask that question mm-hmm. because people tend to look for leadership within uh, CEOs of tech companies or, uh, you know, the top 500 companies or your leaders, the political leaders of your parties or you follow certain uh, ideologies, political ideologies. Yeah. Or as His Holiness the Fourth Caliph, uh, may Allah have mercy on his soul, uh, Azam um he talked of pseudo-religions being... Yeah. They are looking... then they're not looking far enough or they they're not looking from a religious point of view they are looking strictly worldly materialistically politically which is why i started off by saying is it not time for people to realize that they that they have looked everywhere and an answer has not been found in whatever leadership that they have
2: turned to, yeah. has, has actually let them down badly. And isn't that what we're seeing? Yes, exactly. That's what we're seeing. And that, again, social media is telling us that those people who showed with their own example that their faith is not just a name. Their faith is something that helps them through difficult situations. Their faith is something that guides them into the right direction. Their faith is something that gives them strength, that gives them hope. And when people realize, hold on, listen, there, there is something that this person is getting out of it. Maybe I should look into that. Yeah. Right? And when they look into it, they do realize that I've been looking, either I, I haven't been looking, or I have been looking into the wrong direction. And again, the world will tell you you need this kind of leadership. You need to be strong. You need to be assertive. You need to be arrogant even sometimes. You need to be cocky, right? If you want to get that job, you have to be claiming for it. But then again, religion tells you you need to be humble. You need to be uh, peaceful. You need to relax and and, and stay on the ground. You need to not assert the rights of others. So what do I take? And the The solution for most of the people is, hold on. Religion is a long-term game. Uh, you will have to sacrifice. You will have to give up things. You will have to, um, you know, do all, all sorts of things that take time and that they're 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 difficult to do. So and, I'll take and, the and I'll you'll the actually zero.
0: have to do them. You you actually, have to do them. Yeah, of course. See, what I find interesting in what you say is, and I'm sure you will find that in in not social circus, but I'm, I'm sure you will come across people as well who they say the right thing, that they believe in so-and-so. That And you think, okay, I I can see the like-mindedness until it comes to act <coughs> yeah. on what's been said.
2: Yeah.
0: That the, the, the talk is not matched by the walk. Mm. And people are satisfied with themselves because they think as long as I believe and I say it, that should be enough. whereas the reality is unless you live it unless you do it 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 doesn't actually matter and and I'll give you an example again i'll I'll make it i mean from a personal point of view we we did a show a couple of weeks ago when we talked about the Holy Quran and we talked about. Uh, the faith and the perseverance of the Palestinian people. And I was was talking to Brother Daniel just before the show about this, that somehow I sometimes can't get these images out of that lady, out of my head, who Mm. was talking to the reporter.
2: Mm.
0: And she was telling him, stop recording us. We don't need you to record us anymore. Because then she referred to chapter 2, verse 155, and talked about, what the holy quran talks of that there will be times where i there will be trials and tribulations that we will be taking away that we will take away your property we will take away your materialistic mm. uh, everything and and that will be your test of character of your belief and i i look at the belief system of what the palestinians go through that and i find it strange that when you look at a a, a clip of a young man who's who's helping in a hospital and then suddenly he gets the news, oh your brother's just passed away and he says all praise belong to Allah mm. and 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 then he says well you know in my head I'm thinking am I, am I the next one am I going to be the next one and then you see the doctor who's treating uh, a patient and then he gets the news that there is somebody else outside of the child who's been brought in on a cart and he goes to the cart and he sees his own child and he grieves for a few minutes and he goes back to go and treat the patient who has been we see all this every day today mm. before we was reading about these that history in history that this had happened this injustice had happened and this in- inhumanity was was uh, uh, was carried out but after the event we read about it today we are seeing
2: this and we've been hearing it look yes and and, and yet what are we doing about it what i was going to say is have you like his holiness has been talking about the the early companions for i think it's been three years three now, years now that's right and his friday sermons
0: especially the companions that most, a lot of people didn't know about
2: yeah so it he talks about the, those companions in a way that every single companion that he speaks about there is a story for someone there's a lesson for someone to be learned because these were the people who lived in the company of the source of mm-hmm. everything yeah. that we talk about in Islam the person who practiced everything who you know the did walk the talk yeah. um and who was a living embodiment of what the holy Quran says what the holy Quran teaches of what a Muslim should be like. And for the past three years, he's been telling us, so this pseudo-religion that we have, how do we fill that? Is it something that, um, you know, I can learn from Abu Bakr? Is it something that I can learn from Hamza? Is it something that I can learn from Musa bin Umair? May Allah be pleased with them all. And again, for me personally, in everything that he says, there is something that I can use in my daily life. Be it about sacrifice, be it about worship, be it about persistency, be it about the belief in God that they had. And the and the companions of Uhud, the battle of Uhud that he's talking about right now, isn't that relevant to, to our times here today as well? Mm-hmm. What lesson did the Muslims learn about, you know, loyalty, about... um? Uh, listening obedience obedience, exactly so all of this he has been doing for the past three years and more I mean this is just about the companions but this is not something that the world will like right there's no money involved in it there's no territories involved in it it's just about you helping others how boring is that Mm. and unfortunately that's not the world that we live in but that's the world that God intended to create And every messenger, every prophet that has come, has come for this purpose. And again, the Prophet Sunsaya, the founder of the Amniyotism community, he said, I have two, my mission is twofold, Mm -hmm. right? One is to create the bond between mankind that has been severed, and it has been severed. If you are not affected by what is happening on the other side of the world, if you're related to those people or not, then something is seriously wrong with your man, with your humanity. Yeah. And then secondly, the bond that has been severed between humanity and, 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 and the Creator. So if one of them is intact, then maybe there wasn't any need for Him to come. But both of them were not intact. Clearly both of them were not intact. Which is why God Almighty felt the need that this is, this is the time, this is the need of the time to send My Beloved, to send My Prophet, to send My Messenger, to send My Messiah, to tell people, you know what, listen get your get your stuff together
0: and at this particular moment in time there is only one voice which is talking about unity is talking about justice and humanity
2: which is talking with the fear of god only
0: Ex- exactly that's how you know uh, i was going to finish in 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 respect of what you have just said hmm. that before it was the fear of God, there was absence there. It was about vested interests. Hmm. Whereas today, that one voice is not based on politics. It's not based on materialism. It's not based on me, myself, and I. Hmm. It's based on the fact that there is an absence of justice. There's an absence of humanity. It isn't a voice about Muslims. It's about humanity, irrespective of what religion you belong to. It's about killing of people and not allowing for that to happen and to raise a voice against it. Mm. There is, if you were to look anywhere, be it mainstream media, social media, everyone talks of their point of view from their political interest. But the only voice out there who is talking about it from a, from a godly point of view is His Holiness, Hazrat the 5th Caliph of the Promised Messiah and you know we're coming up to the end of the hour and I know the listeners probably thinking you guys are going off from one tangent to another but that was the whole point going back to what Brother Daniel said that the need of Islam from our point of view is not a need for Russia, but if one was to look at it out there at the moment, what's happening in the world, it is a world need. Yeah. And it's not the Islam that you know. But again, it goes back to the narration of the Holy Prophet, my peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, that was quoted by our Brother Daniel about, yes, there will be mosques who will be full, but there will be, there will be no guidance there. Mm. And Coming back to what Brother Rosa said, that every hundred years or so there's a reformer. And my question to to you is, do you do you question yourself? I question myself. I, I actually said to Brother Rosa a couple of hours ago, I said, you know what, it's the last show of drive time for the year, and it will be good to to kind of go over the year, and think what is it that I have learned. What is it that that has either made me worse or made me realize? You might think, oh, you're on the right track, but hold on. Something's happened that's made you realize or made me realize. I've got a long way to go. But is that self-reflection happening? Or is it just me that I'm thinking 2023 has been such a, a powerful year that it's forcing me to self-reflect
2: is it it, it it is getting there i mean uh, again when we look i mean i'm older than you boys and when, you guys when, joke about when, it when, so when maybe we... i'm a lot
0: more a lot more sensitive about it than you youngsters <laughs> are.
2: <laughs> yes
1: you are we'll give it to you <laughs> you're not that far for the whole year
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> i will reveal brother that is really like, <laughs> <laughs> next year next year i will <laughs> But but no, what's been you yeah. I mean is it me
1: that self-reflection is missing? I I think there are two things. I think there is there's this self-reflection, which is uh which is somewhat missing, but I think it's it's this overall question about religion and this this question that you asked about asking questions, and I think this whole psychology that religion is not supposed to be rational hmm. and therefore you're not supposed to ask questions hmm. so you know there are two schools of thought one is that you know people will believe that and they will they will say okay they will stay within a particular religious system because that's how it is and that's how god intended it it wasn't supposed to be rational and they're not supposed to ask any questions and there will be others who will uh, who will react do that, and they will become atheists or agnostics, and they will say, "What is that?" That, you know, and and you know that reminds me of uh, of a quote of uh, the fourth uh, successor of the promised Messiah, Hazrat Mirza mm-hmm. may Allah have mercy on his soul. He once said, "The people in this generation have been brought up in stories." Hmm they've been told these stories yeah. you know they, these uh, fairy tales these fairy tales and and they've been brought up in those way so they believe religion is a collection of fairy tales yeah. what they fail to realize is that you know it's not those fairy it's actually metaphors and their deep meanings to to whatever is mentioned in the, in all the holy books not just uh, quran so i think the, this mindset has to change first that everybody has questions and it's okay to ask questions you will always have, a child will have questions. My eight-year-old uh, continues to ask me questions. I have questions. You will have questions like uh, you're in your yeah. 90s and you still have questions. There you go. So, so you know, everybody will, will have questions. So, uh, no, that was just a joke. Uh, but <laughs> uh, um, uh, uh, <laughs> what, what, what I'm trying to say is that um, all right. uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, it is Friday after all. Yeah, it is Friday. But um, yeah, the point that I'm trying to make is that it is okay to ask questions because it because religion is rational. Because because God created religion and God created science. But that's my point. People like me, you, Brother Raza, we say
0: religion is rational. But if one goes out there, they say, what are you talking about?
3: Yeah. Because how dare it, you question? You have that's the mindset. D-
1: the question is, how dare you question? That's the milieu that they have been brought up in. So that's, what, that's the only religion they know. So the purpose of us sitting here is to
0: challenge that narrative, isn't it? That... Yes, you can ask questions. Yes, I dare to ask questions because if it doesn't make sense to me, why am I following it? Why am I following something that I have been told to follow without reason? I think pe-
2: people have moved on from that. They, they don't just follow anything because they've been told. And that's why you see people saying, I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. Because religion tells you, this is what it is. You stick to it. You better stick to it you believe in it but because it, i'm saying it
0: does does religion say that or that's how religion is defined
2: so that's the religion that we have today that's what people have made it into because it suits their narrative it suits their purposes it suits their agenda whatever you want to call it but that's not what religion ever intended to be if if that was the case do you think that people when when you know, the early christians the early muslims the early jews did they like were they Less intelligent? Why did they accept it then? Why did they make it part of their lives? Why did they... I mean, we we know about the early Christians, the first 300, they were persecuted severely. But they didn't give up their faith, did they? Because it made sense to them. Whatever message of hope, whatever message of reconciliation was given to them, that made sense to them. Why did the Muslims travel all this, this, um, all these distances to give a nation, to give a people they didn't even know existed a message a message of what if it wasn't important to them if they didn't feel the benefit of what they had they wouldn't have made that journey they wouldn't have traveled all the way up to Spain to the gates of of Europe um, left everything behind left their families behind with the risk of getting killed with the risk of getting a disease which would turn out to be fatal for them why 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 go through that? because they had something that they thought they believed the world needs to have and that's exactly what we're doing i i always you know when when people ask me that well why do you do that i mean i've had this question asked to me by my friends by people that i have preached to people that i've just met and when they ask you but why why are you so adamant that your faith in this and that why why do I need to accept that? Why do you preach to me? Why do you tell me these things? What do you tell them? What do you tell them? What do you tell them? Why 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 are you preaching to me? Why are you telling me these things?
0: Because I think you can improve the quality of your life.
2: So you have seen the benefit. Yeah. You have felt the benefit. You've experienced the benefit. For me I always say that
0: I have reaped the rewards yes. of the belief.
2: So the most precious thing that I have in my life the reason that I am what I am, the person that I have become, the person that I am, and my whole entire world thinking, my every belief system and everything that I do, I have learned that from my faith. So that's the most precious thing that, I, that God Almighty has given to me. Why should I keep that to myself? Why be selfish? Why, <laughs> why, not, why not share it with the world? sharing is caring sharing is caring and that's exactly why the Prophet uh, Muhammad peace and blessings of Allah be upon him he was forced to come out of that cave he was happy in that cave I mean he didn't need anyone he didn't need to go outside and tell the world you know God is one all of these things because what followed after we all know it was persecution it was rejection it was mockery everything he had to leave the the, the place he was born he had to leave where the first house of, of God Almighty was and he didn't want to but he did it because he wanted and he had to. He was assigned by God Almighty to share it with the entire world. He, people of God don't need to share these things. They, they're very happy in their corners because then they and God, they're one. That's their God. They don't have to share God with anyone. I mean, nothing's going to happen if you share God, but they, they like to be hidden. Seclusion is what they prefer. But then God says, you know what? If you really love me, then you go out to the world and you tell them about me, and that's what they do, and that's what we're doing.
0: Hmm. Brother
1: Daniel, yes, I mean, I'm reminded of um, the promised Messiah as well, who uh, also uh, reveled actually in in hiding, hmm. and praying in the mosque. Yeah. He was actually known to be somebody who um, who was uh, whose base of a whose place of abode was the mosque, hmm. and uh, he wanted to remain hidden. But God had different ideas.
0: Because the whole idea of Islam is to use it as a guidance to navigate the everyday living and to remember God <clears throat> with all the, the peaks and the troughs that you have on a daily basis. And it's that love and guidance of God Almighty that will keep you on the right track yeah. in the living world. Is that is that not...
2: It is what it is. Look, in the, in these times I believe we've tried it. We've tried self-help books, we've tried meditation, we've tried uh, this, we've tried uh, that uh, worldly pursuits and 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 it doesn't help. It just doesn't help. You will come to this conclusion at one point in your life where you aim for something higher, where you aim for something which is beyond what what this world can give you.
0: With that um, we are going to come up to the news. I'm going to finish off with that point that Brother Rosa just made. For me, I can only talk about it for me. Um, that higher point that Brother Rosa is talked about, sometimes you can get that higher point from the way sometimes other people react. And, and I have seen that higher point with the way the Palestinians have shown the belief in God Almighty. Um, it has made me think that I need to do one hell of a lot more than than, than what I'm doing at the moment. Um, I hope and pray that uh, um, gods have mercy on, on the Palestinians with the way they are, or anybody who is suffering out there in today's world. We're going to carry on this conversation after the news, so do stay tuned and join us after these brief messages. Allah.
3: اشهد وال...
0: listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Welcome back to Friday Drive Time Show, the final drive time show of the year 2023 with myself Kayoum and Brother Raza and Brother Daniel. And for the first hour, we have spoken about the need of Islam, not just in Russia, but in and around the world and what actually Islam means and what events um, have led up to now um, and what has been the mindset um, of brothers here in the studio and what guidance uh, is available out there. And, of course, the conclusion only is that the only guidance that is uh, is talking about justice and humanity is the voice of the caliph, is the voice of the fifth successor to the promised Messiah, His Holiness Azam, is may Allah strengthen his hand, who every Friday sermon talks about Um, um, the need for justice the need for humanity the need for people to come together the need for people to understand God and that is the topic for the coming hour or for the hour that we are here when we talk about God we're going to go back to the beginning and we're going to go back to the beginning to something
2: called the house of God
0: and what is the house of God, Brother Raza?
2: So in chapter 3, verse 97 of the Holy Qur'an, God Almighty states, Surely the first house founded for mankind is that at Bakka, abounding in blessings and a guidance for all peoples. In it are manifest signs. It is the place of Abraham, and whoso enters it enters peace. And pilgrimage to the house is a duty which men those who can find a way thither owe to Allah. And whoever disbelieves, let him remember that Allah is surely independent of all creatures the house of bakka or the house of god almighty that we are talking about is probably one of the most famous and well-known buildings uh, around the world and it is a a small tiny little cube basically uh, about 15 meters height um, and it is located in the city of Mecca. The reason why it is so special for Muslims, specifically from all across the globe, is because f- five times a day, every Muslim around the world, from the time that they reach the age where prayer are obligatory on them, um, for men as well as for women, they face towards that direction so our entire life from the time we learn our prayer from the time we start praying in the mosque or at home this is the direction that we face now the house itself again there's nothing special about it it's made out of stone uh, and concrete like every other house as well but the history and the and 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 the stories attached to it that's where the significance of this house lies so for muslims we believe that this was the first house ever built for the worship of god almighty not by the prophet of islam may the peace and blessings of god almighty be upon him and not by abraham but it goes back all the way to the first prophet ever to be sent to mankind prophet adam we do know that the history of this place, the history of that house, is also closely attached to, to Prophet Abraham, to Prophet Ishmael, to his wife um, Hagar, and that again is is a small chapter, but very significant chapter in the history of that house, because it was Prophet Abraham as well as Prophet Ishmael who rebuilt. This house of God Almighty, from you know the ashes or the leftovers or the, the ruins, where this house used to stand, and then in the time of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, we find that he was basically the one who cleared this house of God Almighty from all the idols. Once he came back to uh, the city of Mecca when he conquered Mecca, he cleared the first thing that he did when he entered Mecca with his companions, with his, with his army, was not to take revenge, was not to kill people. The first action that he performed was to clear this house, which again, as I said before, was built entirely and exclusively for the worship of one God. He cleared that house of all the idols that people had put in around on that house. And then after that, whatever, expired, expired. So for Muslims across the globe, this is, I think, once in a lifetime, everybody desires, everybody wishes, everybody tries to go and visit this house of God, Almighty. And that's something that we're going to be talking about in this part of the program. We asked you a question on Instagram. So if you go to our Instagram story, the question is, have you ever been to Mecca. So the options you have is yes once, more than once. I'm hoping to go and no. And uh, of course, if you want to say anything else, if you have any other uh, comments that you would like to send or make, then by all means, do that on Instagram.
0: Um, See, to me, hmm. it makes sense that the first prophet of God Almighty, Prophet Adam, and the foundations of the house of God Hmm. are to be laid by Prophet Adam that it rationally logically makes sense it's the beginning of man understanding God Almighty or the message of God Almighty
1: would that be rational logical to say that yes so absolutely I think um, the first house of God had to coincide with the with with the sending of the uh, of the first prophet yeah uh by God. Um and the idea of sending a prophet um is to create to establish a relationship between uh, God and his creation. Yeah. And uh, to create a symbolic house of God would be just a very fitting thing to do at that very juncture. Brother Rosa, the
0: the Kaaba hmm. is a cube. Yes. <clears throat> So we pray towards it. Mm-hmm.
2: Is there a significance of the cube? So as I said, the 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 cube itself, so the f- the physical building itself, doesn't really hold that. So we don't worship that cube. No. It's not the building, it's not the stone that we worship No, it's the significance, it's what it represents it, Exactly, so it is what it represents The unity of God Almighty or the, the, the aspect of unity is central to the religion of Islam So when it says the way you become a Muslim is by professing that there is none worthy of worship La ilaha illallah There is none worthy of worship There's no other God except Allah, except God So there's only one God that we worship. And the second part of that profession is that you declare that you believe in the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, to be the messenger of God Almighty. Now, central theme of Islam, again, in everything that we do, the prayers that we do, the fasting, the giving of alms, and then the the pilgrimage to the house of God Almighty, um, and everything else, it is... Centered around this theme of God being one, there's none worthy of worship. So, what we do, we aim that once in your lifetime. So there's a there's a difference between what we call hajj, which is the pilgrimage, which is um, mandatory on every Muslim. Uh, around the world to be observed at least once in their lifetime. Of course, there's conditions attached to that. If you have the means, if uh, the the way is safe, and all these things. We've spoken about this in, in in some other shows as well. But then there's something that we call um, it's somewhat of a lesser pilgrimage, like like a smaller version of a pilgrimage, which is also mentioned in the Holy Quran, which has less rituals it's 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 a short version basically it's mentioned in the holy quran yes Umrah? yeah yeah okay right or those who go for the 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 the, the lesser pilgrimage basically now you better go
1: brother yeah 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 you have been, to that's go for that's now. but again look now you don't this, have an that excuse is left.
2: Not, that is not mandatory. No, no, but you learn you know you learn something <laughs> but it's
1: mentioned in the Quran that it is that should be enough mm. for for somebody as as Righteous as Brother Kiyom. Oh God Almighty! <laughs> I will say nothing.
0: <laughs>
2: <Okay>. <laughs> I am speechless. So I, I should be asking you about the history of the cup. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you know,
2: I was just around the. Anyways, pool. anyways, was... no, we're not gonna get there. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's the center of worship, right? Yes. One thing that, if you think about this, when when you sit down and and, and just reminisce and you you think about this one point that at any given moment in the day for the past 14 centuries, 1,400 years, at every moment of the day, at every moment of the week and every moment of the year, there are people facing towards Mecca. Mm. There are people facing towards that one cube and worshipping one God. You see... The reason I ask the significance of it is Prophet Adam is what,
0: 6,000 years old? Something like that, yeah. And people think that Islam or the belief in God Almighty started 1400 years ago. Well, is it 1400 years ago? The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and this is more of a question uh, to you gentlemen, you learned gentlemen, that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, completed the religion, did he not? Or did he bring a new religion? What about the religions before him? Mm-hmm. Because the Holy Kaaba is not something that was there at the time, kind of wasn't constructed at the time of the Holy Prophet and peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Mm-hmm. It was it was at the at the beginning of time, at the beginning of time, meaning the, of the time of the first prophet. So the significance of it being a house of God has been six thousand years. No.
1: Yes, and and you're absolutely right. Uh, and the Holy Quran talks about this. This is today we have completed our favour upon you exactly, and um, and completed this speech. So this, uh, so Islam is is a continu- continuation of religious thought. Which started from or or religious message. The different schools of which, thoughts. Which started from um, no, it was the same school of thought. It was mm-hmm. the same school of thought, which which came from God, started from the message that was sent to Adam, and then was completed uh, with the message sent to or the book sent to Prophet Muhammad, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Why different messages? So um, it, it's exactly the same way as you know, as as humanity evolved, as it as a child evolves, you. You know, what a child uh, or, or even a grown-up uh, reads in A-levels is very different from what it, uh, a grown-up reads in um, in the university and then at a post-graduate um, level. So it's, it's really that education. So God was educating um, humanity um, with the progression and the evolution that humanity was actually going through. And that's how... Um, the, the, uh, that's how different religions were sent all by one God. So it wasn't different religions. It was actually the uh, the same God sending different prophets and then their
2: followers um, created religions. So basically everybody was a Muslim. Ah, you yeah. see? Every, there was, you go. For us, Jesus was a Muslim. For us, Abraham but, but was a Muslim. What's
0: the, what's the literal meaning of the word Muslim?
2: So Muslim is someone who submits his entire being, who submits himself to the will of God to the will of god to the will of god and and attains peace through that which is why we always
0: give significant respect to all the prophets
2: yes but that that's part of faith i mean we cannot reject any prophets as muslims we can't. yes
0: but if if when if if a person is not a muslim that's he doesn't need then to. they only believe in one yep and their prophet but but that's why we say that we can say that prophet adam was a muslim huh? prophet abraham was a muslim yeah. prophet Noah we abraham. would do that
2: yeah and that raises eyebrows exactly but you have to explain why you know <laughs> so, and you don't want to do that at the moment do no you? i i just did i just did yeah. didn't I? Yeah. so basically the look the uh, brother it's that the religion it the of islam means peace yes islam means peace right okay okay i am a muslim hmm. So you can understand it that I am someone who belongs to the religion of Islam, meaning someone who practices Islam. I am a Muslim. But also, if you go deeper into the meaning, how do you attain peace? It's just it's not just a word peace, like peace. Okay, that, that I mean you can name a religion peace. Mm. What does it mean though? How do you attain peace? That's the whole point of this religion. You attain peace, not in the way that we understand it, but this inner peace, this mental peace, peace, this spiritual peace that you attain, and that can only be done through and with the help of God, through remembrance of God Almighty and fulfilling the obligations that he has put on mankind. So that's why we believe that every prophet, basically, in the sense, or in if you're looking at the term, every prophet was a Muslim. Everyone, or every person, basically, who submits himself to the will of God, who submits himself to the the injunctions and the obligations that God has put on him or her becomes a Muslim. And so it's not related to the religion of Islam in that sense. Hope that makes sense. So
0: let's look at let's look at the significance. I mean, we've spoken about a little bit of the history, um, but the promised Messiah, um, on whom be peace, the founder of the Amdi Muslim community. Uh, On whom be peace He said he received a revelation About the Holy Kaaba Hmm. In 1891 Which was He who realizes that the foundation Of the Kaaba was a design Of divine wisdom is Very wise For he has access To the mysteries of the universe Is it fair to me to ask you What does that mean Read it again He who realizes that the foundation of the Kaaba was a design of divine wisdom is very wise.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: For he has access to the mysteries of the universe.
2: Now, we've spoken about Dr. Abdus Salam last week, right? Yep. We speak about science as well. What did I just mention? What is the the central theme or the purpose of, of this cube? to unite mankind, right? Everybody comes there, and when you are in that yard uh, around the Kaaba, you all are the same. Nobody is allowed to wear anything else but white, white. for for men at least. So you have two pieces of cloth, um, and they, they must not be sewn. And so one is covering the upper part of the body, one is covering the lower part of the body. You are not supposed to wear a cap. You're not supposed to wear a hat, anything. So every single person looks the same. And every single person is doing the same exact thing around it. The rituals are the same. This, the prayers are the same. The intention is the same. Now you expand that to the entire universe for us, the central theme that you will see in nature over and over again, everywhere you look, and I'm not sure who mentioned this, but they they spoke about um, you know uh, a, a drop of water or something like that. If you look at it, it's the shape itself speaks or points towards the unity of God Almighty. and that's exactly what you see in the entire universe. He's a wise person. If you understand this concept, that everything evolves around, everything has a nucleus, everything has a center. We go around the sun. The sun goes around something else. The something else goes around. So there's always one center of of attention, right? And that's the central message. Everything else evolves around something. And and if you take the entire universe, who's at the center of it? I us?
1: understand one more thing from it, which which is the um the concept of Tawheed the concept um the oneness of god the oneness yeah. of god which is the the secret really to um to the mysteries of the universe mm-hmm. we were as you mentioned talk, talking about dr the salam last week and he um got he he got most of the uh, inspiration for his work from the Holy Quran. And um, we also talked about the fact that he went to see Einstein. And in the very first meeting, what does he bring up? He brings up the topic of Tawheed
2: hmm.
1: with Einstein, the oneness of God. Um, and that concept of Tawheed also became, uh, was also the, um, the inspiration for the Nobel award-winning theory that he uh, came up with later on which is the theory of uh, unification so yeah so um, uh, I think what the promised uh, uh to me is also trying to say here is that it is really through the oneness of God to accepting the oneness of God the the that you will unlock the mysteries of the universe
0: that's
1: beautifully said absolutely
0: fantastic fantastic um you are, we would, again, going back to what we were discussing before the show, this just shows how prepared we are, we come so early and we sit and talk about the show, that you are looking to go to um, um, Brother Daniel, mm. the, the mini pilgrimage. What draws a person to go? If you don't mind, from a personal point of view, I mean, you thought, I want to go is does that what does that mean to you as an ind- individual when you say I, I, I'm I attracted to go there
1: I, I think for the reasons that um, we've described earlier one of which is that this is the oldest house of God this mm. is the house of God this is the only house of God for that matter mm. um, and it was built um, as a result of divine instruction by prophet Adam and then uh, rebuilt by Prophet Abraham, um, and then uh, it it was um, you know this is a place which has a lot of emotional and spiritual value for um, for Muslims um, also because Prophet Muhammad the peace and blessings of Allah be upon him uh, spent thirteen years of his life um, in that in that town in and around that place in and around that Kaaba. Uh, so he would have walked around that place. Um, he would have uh, touched those uh, those stones. So it is, uh, you know, it's it, it is it is huge spiritual meaning. The
0: reason I asked the question because the Muslim listener out there might be thinking, what a strange question to ask. But every year when there is a pilgrimage, now even mainstream news hmm, they cover it. They cover the pilgrimage. And my non-Muslim brother always questions, always have that, because I have friends who say, what is it that makes millions Mm. of people go around in circles Mm. of this place, who look, like Brother Raza just explained, exactly, the same, you cannot define who's rich, who's poor, who's of what class, of what status, your nationality. Everyone is the same. What? What is it? I and I ask because I've never been. I, I, I get goosebumps talking about it, thinking mm. like when you said you're going, and you I'll better like, do it quick though. You're going, you know, time's it's running out fast. <laughs> it's you know, it's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, that's... that's. Well, the fact that you're going, yeah? You buried yourself there. with You buried yourself yeah? I can hold your hand. Pray for me. Pray for me that, that I am able yeah, to go and, sure. and, and take all the people, um, you know, I want to take with me. But when I listen to stories from my father, my father when my mother went a decade or so ago, and you come back and you think, I want to go. I want to go. And and when you said you're going, suddenly th- there's this. I don't know. You use the word emotion, mm-hmm. but you do get goosebumps, mm. Brother
1: Rosa. It, it's your calling, I think. I mean, it's it, it's it's an internal voice, and it's your calling, and it's it's a very spiritual journey, and um, it's uh, uh, yeah, it's 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 difficult to explain in a lot of in some ways as well, because it's something that's that's very personal and very spiritual uh but yeah the best that i can explain it is that uh number one it's the house of god and um and and also i guess um, at the same level um that it's the, uh, it's the it's the sunnah of the prophet it's mm-hmm. the way of the prophet and it's a place where he spent um, a large portion of his life uh actually um i sh- i should i did i say 13 years he spent uh, 53 years of his life, actually, in and around Kaaba, I should have said, um, and um, so that makes it a hugely significant place for Muslims to go to. But, but I, I think to to the earlier question that you were posing about why millions and millions of Muslims go there, and some some go and go again as well, is mm-hmm. is to benefit from that that hugely hugely.
0: Spiritual experience. Now you are planning to go, mm. Brother Raza. You just came back.
1: Yeah. Mm. So, I, I think. I mean,
0: I, I, I know. I mean, even you know, listening to Brother Daniel and and talking to so many people who've who've done the pilgrimage, the full pilgrimage. You know, they have fulfilled the pillar. Uh, you know that that you must, um, mm. um uh, you know, do if, if within if you have the capacity and the capability to do it. And everyone who talks about it, the voice changes, the tone of voice changes, demeanor changes, the body language changes when they talk of it. But if that changes when you're talking of it, Mm. how does one feel when you're there?
2: You're a different person. I'm telling you, you're a different person. In the sense that I think the word that Brother Daniel used, it's your calling. Mm. Nothing fits better than, than this. It is your calling. I think about myself, my entire life, your entire life, our entire life is spent, first of all, facing that direction, hmm. looking at pictures, thinking about it, talking about it, meaning it builds up for, for like 30, 40, 50, 60 years, depending on what, when, when you go in your life, that's all you think about. That's all you talk about. And then you go there and I'm telling you, everything changes because you have completely cut off every worldly thought that you have. You have left it. It's like you are returning to your maker and he knows you. You don't have to explain things to him. You don't have to be ashamed of anything. You just go and present your case. That's like the, the the mightiest being that ever exists, that, that exists, period. And you are basically that little child that goes up to this mighty king and, and, and just lets everything out. You just empty your heart. He knows what's in your heart. And I'm telling you this whole atmosphere around it in that vicinity, when you are standing in front of that, that, that cube, you don't know what time of the day it is. You lose every sense of, of, of time because it's just constantly moving. It's 24-7. There's something happening. But I think that the one thing that I've learned, the one thing that I've told people as well about is that your prayers and your intentions, they let go of every personal interest. They let go of every kind of ego. That's what that's what happened with me personally, at least that you don't have any animosity, any hatred, any jealousy, any nothing of that bad vibe exists there for or should exist for you. I've seen people from every corner of the world they come in groups, they come individually, they stand in corners, and you just sometimes just see them crying, and you know exactly that you. You can relate to that person because i that's the same thing with you. You're standing in front of God Almighty and everything else just vanishes. Everything vanishes. The prayers that you get to do there, they're they're on a whole different level. I mean, it's so difficult to put it in words. I don't think I've come across anyone who can tell me exactly what goes through because it's a personal journey. Does it become a point of reference in how you live your life after? It should. It definitely should. Uh, look i'm I'm uh, it's very strange to give personal examples on radio here. I mean I, I'm not a big fan of that, but you are in the presence of the Almighty there. Mm. that's his house. I mean every mosque is his house, but that is his house. I mean that's where he said, I am here, mm. and it has been like that for fourteen centuries, and not just that. For us, the greatest prophet to ever live, the the person who was the closest to God Almighty, the person that I have learned everything from in relation to God, in relation to faith, in relation to Quran, everything that you name, that, that we've been talking about for the past eight years. Everything I have learned from that person. And he's the one who did the same thing. He walked those streets. He put that stone, the, the 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 you know the stone in the corner. He put that in with his own hands. He kissed that stone, and then you're reminded of 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 you know Caliph Umar, may Allah be pleased with him. His words over and over again that, again that stone is just a stone. Mm-hmm. It doesn't hold any value whatsoever. Same with the Kaaba. It's just a 15-meter wall and it's a cube, it's covered and smells nice and whatnot. I can, yeah, anybody can make that. But it's the significance where the history of it. Because the Prophet kissed that stone, that stone is priceless for Muslims around the world. That stone holds more value than your own life, basically, right? Why? It's not for any worldly reasons. It's just for the sheer love that we have for the Prophet. And on top of that, even bigger the love that we have for God Almighty and if it doesn't change you i don't I don't know what will it does definitely hundred percent it just it, it changes you but uh, again, so the one point that I took away from it and I still think about it, which makes me want to go back over and over again is is just the the purity. The purity of your thoughts, the purity of your of your devotion and, and your prayers. I don't think I've ever prayed in a way like that where you don't think about anything else but what you're asking for. You know, it, it's normal, right? When you stand in prayer, you think about all sorts of things and then you have to concentrate. That's why God Almighty says, you know, you, you need to iqamat salat, meaning you have to erect prayer, not just pray it. But over there, Maybe it's because you're going there for a purpose. You have nothing else to do. But the atmosphere just changes you. The purity of your prayers is is the only thing that I can probably tell you. Like the 100% clear. It's, it's, it's clear as day. Just to add to that,
1: the other significance of the Kaaba is also that God has taken personal responsibility to take care of yeah. that house. God hasn't taken personal responsibility to take care of all mosques or any mosque, hmm. for that matter. Uh, but He has for for the Kaaba, and there are examples of that. There is an example mentioned in the Quran as well, that of Surah Fil, which talks about you know the people of the elephant. Hmm. And um, oh, yes, it, yeah. it, it also reminds me of that um, uh, of that story uh, or, or that narration of the grandfather of Prophet Muhammad, the peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, when this attack um, from um, uh, from the people of the uh, of the elephants actually took place during his time, and um, Abraha they, from Yemen. Uh, from uh, exactly Abraha from Yemen. And during that time, and, and during that attack, they took away uh, camels of uh, the people of the Quraysh, the tribe that uh, the Holy Prophet's grandfather and the Holy Prophet himself belonged to. And he went to uh, the, uh, you know, the, the general or the leader there, and he asked for um, his camels. And he said, "Well, you're asking for camels. What about the Kaaba?" He said, "I'm just asking for something that belongs to me. He will take care of mm-hmm. the thing that belongs to him." So, um, and, and and then he's sh- he surely dead, as he mentions in Surah Fi'l in, in Quran.
0: You're listening to the Drive Time Show with myself, Kayu, and Brother Daniel, Brother Roza. We are talking about the Kaaba. Um, we're going to take a quick break when we come back. We're going to listen to um, some different perspectives, different voices um, on the topic that we're talking. So, do stay tuned and join us after this very brief break. Allah To the Voice of Islam Radio.
4: How did seeing the Kaaba in person compare to pictures you had seen before? Um,
5: honestly, it was it was very surreal. Like um, I remember, just it just didn't look real. It felt like a photo or an image. It wasn't um, like it just took me a while to get my head around it. Like even though we stayed there for a few days, every time I'd see it, I'm like, oh my god, that's actually the Kaaba in front of us. Yeah.
4: Um, yeah. So did any of the structural features of the Kaaba appear to be unique? Um for me I found um
5: this might be a bit of a weird one but like the floor tiles I thought were really yeah. like <laughs> interesting because they were shaped perfectly for like um like one person to pray on and they were like Ooh. lined up like um like surrounding the Kaaba so it's like it automatically makes the lines um for the Kaaba um but mm-hmm. also we got lucky enough to um to visit, like, a a factory that ma- that makes the Kaaba's um, kaswa, the, the, like, the black cloth on top of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was really cool because, like, we got to see um, how they, like, hand make it, like, they hand sew, like, actual gold, um, like, on the, you know, the designs and stuff.
4: Yeah, wow. Um, yeah, that was really interesting, actually. Yeah, that sounds so nice. Um, many Muslims worldwide have raised their concerns about the building of the Muqab in Riyadh. They argue that it's too similar to the unique structure of the Kaaba. What's your opinion? I don't. I don't think it's like a religious building,
5: so I don't yeah. think. I don't know if it will symbolize anything. Um. So
4: yeah, I'm not too sure about that. Yeah, I think it's mainly for entertainment. So I don't think it has any religious symbolism to it. Yep. So have you noticed any spiritual changes in yourself since performing Umrah?
5: Um, yeah, definitely. I think 'cause cause it was my first ever um so it, was, it had such a, a big impact on me. Um I just during that period that whole time that we were there, I've never like um like spoken to God as much as I did during that time. And I feel like yeah. since then I've still kept that up. Um mm-hmm. and said so then it just helps you like
4: um just remember Allah in every moment of your life and just yeah. that continuous remembrance. And finally, what advice would you give to others who are planning to perform Umrah or Hajj for the first time? Um, I would say to mentally prepare yourself,
5: but yeah. also like physically, like um we just didn't realize how physically demanding it would be. Mm. Um like it was actually quite tiring, like to do like, you know, there's a lot of steps involved and there's a lot yeah. of um, you know, the or like the walk-in, it's, it really is quite tiring. And when you see like um older people uh, doing that it, mashallah it's just it really it inspires you
3: um because
5: mm. it is quite physically demanding um but yeah because we didn't have like a lot of time we really spent a few days there yeah. um we tried to maximize the time that we spent on the kaaba so we'd like um like spend most of our time there instead of going to the hotel so like we were really tired and didn't get much sleep um so like just prepare uh your timers like that and allow yourself enough time to get some rest as well to make the most out of it um also this might be a really strange um tip but a drawstring bag was really useful (laughs) because honestly like everyone who didn't have a drawstring bag wanted to get one um because it's so convenient you can pack it up Um, it's good to carry your shoes in the mosque with it um and also uh people might be warned about like pickpockets pickpocketers um a drawstring bag like you know you can't really get into that unless it's off your bag so yeah just a little tip Allah
3: اشهد وال...
0: Listening to the Voice of Islam
2: Radio,
0: you're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio, broadcasting on DAB and via the internet, 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the... Tr- welcome back to the final... <laughs> welcome back to the final. It's my age. Yes,
1: it is. Uh, I ran out of breath there. <laughs> <laughs> I like it when you're humble.
0: <laughs> welcome to the final show of 2023 with myself, Kayu, and Brother Daniel, and Brother Raza. And we are talking about how it all began, the house of God, Kaaba in Saudi Arabia and and you know we we have discussed how brother Daniel is planning and how brother has explained so eloquently um, how and what he experienced and during the break while we were listening uh, um, about the experience of one of our guests um, of how she felt we me and brother Daniel were asking brother Raza how he felt and what's the process so for the benefit of the listener there it, we talk of the holy Kaaba, hmm. but of course it it comes to mind that there must be a set process or a procedure one follows yes to 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 do the mini pilgrimage or the the main pilgrimage. Well, yes, take take us through. that So
2: as you said, this is um, something we're going to talk about you know the 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 minor or the mini the smaller version of of the actual pilgrimage it it actually starts when you when you set off on that journey everything that we do in islam and this is one of the very basic and fundamental narrations of the holy prophet peace and blessings of allah be upon him that would teach at a very young age to every child and also when you get into the the study and 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 the science of the ahadith the the narrations you start off with with that meaning that your actions are based on your intentions. So everything that we do in life is based on your intentions. So if your intentions are good, then you will be rewarded accordingly. If your intentions are good and the actions are bad, then you know what's going to happen. If your intentions are bad, the actions are good, again, you know what's going to happen. For example, in the Holy Quran, God Almighty states that those people who pray, five daily prayers are a must for Muslims, right? But those who pray... With the intention of showing off to others, oh look at me, I'm so spiritual, I'm so you know, the great and whatnot, those prayers will be thrown into their faces again. So you're doing something good, but your intention is not right, that will have consequences. So you're setting off on that journey, and your intention should be that I'm doing this for the sake of God. And of course there's prayers from the very get go, um, that that start when you when you do that journey. But the first thing that you you do when you set off is something called you put on your ihram. Ihram, as I said before, is consists of two pieces of cloth. So it's white plain cloth uh, pieces of cloth, which are not sewn. They're not together. So there's no buttons, nothing, and one covers your your lower body, and the one um, the other one covers your upper body. And you have to put that on before you get into that zone so those entry points basically as five entry points Uh, explain the entry points so these are five entry points that uh, uh, are fixed before you enter them and you have the intention of doing uh, you know visiting the Kaaba and doing doing that mini pilgrimage you have to put on that ihram before you enter that zone
0: so, when you say entry point, so that's the beginning of your pilgrimage.
2: That's the beginning of basically your your pilgrimage, basically yeah. yes. Okay. And then, as soon as you put on your ihram, your the, these two pieces of cloth, then you start reciting the talbiyah that we what we call. Meaning, um, the translation of that is basically, "Oh, oh God, I'm here. I'm here. I've I've listened to your call." I I, progress, I profess that there is none worthy of worship except you. Yours is the kingdom, yours is the sovereignty, and, and, and I'm here. And you, you recite that over and over again. And that gets you into that mindset of why you're doing this. Yeah. So basically, you're following and you're answering the call of God. God said in the Holy Quran, <coughs> we read this in the beginning, that you should come visit my house. house. Yeah. And now you're saying, God, here I am. I've listened to what you had to say. I'm here. You know, I'm doing this for your sake. And then when you when you are in that state, so most of the people and, and, and a lot of people have told me, depending on which airline you use, um, which route you take, they will announce it in the plane that we are now entering or getting close to that zone. If you want to put in your hijab, you can you can go get changed um, again, depending on the airline, they will have rooms for that, maybe even or like a like a allocated place or space where you can get changed. And they will announce it over the PA system that now we are entering into that zone, and then you put it on, and then. So this this is again I remember, when I think back, you're not supposed to look, so you're entering. There's different entry points uh, when when you are in the in the haram area, um, and. There's a gate, Babu Salaam, basically the, the, the door of, of, of peace or the door of uh, As-Salaam, where you enter and that door is reserved only for those who are wearing that attire. Mm. Nobody else can go through that door. And also in that main yard, the main area around the Kaaba, you're not allowed to go if you're not wearing that ihram, if you're not in the state of of, of, uh, of doing that mini pilgrimage. They won't They won't let you in. But the galleries around it you can you can do your prayers there, so they say that the first prayer that you do or you say the first supplication that you make, basically when you see the Kaaba for the first time, think about that very carefully, because you know, again, there's narrations that say that that prayer will be accepted. But I'm sure there's conditions to that. It's not just you ask for a million pounds and you get a million pounds. That's not how it works. Um, but it's so difficult not to look, not to peek, you know? And uh, I, I did, right? I peeked. And my dad's like, don't look. <laughs> Like I couldn't. I couldn't help it. I couldn't help it. It was just the attraction was too great. And before from, intrigue bubbles. Before, before, no, 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 no. Before you're in, you're in the area already, right. but in the main yard, which right. is open air, basically, right? Yeah. So you have to. It's like galleries. Uh, they've uh, built them around the 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 cube, the the Kaaba, um, and they have like big windows. It's like open air, basically, right? So these big arches, you can you can look through. But then, when you walk in, it's just there—something that you've dreamed about, you've spoken about, you've talked about. You—it's just twenty-four-seven. It's there for us as Muslims, isn't it? And all of a sudden, it's there.
0: Did I you mean, want to touch it?
2: Of course, you want to touch it. You just want to go close as as close as possible. But that, again, that's a, that's a different story. We'll we'll get to that. But so you do, you get there into the main yard and then you're supposed to do seven rounds around it. So you start where they have the, these lines on, on the floor, basically. And you start at the corner where that black stone is. Hajri um, <inaudible> Aswat <inaudible> basically the black stone, what it's called. And then you go, uh, I believe it's counterclockwise, seven rounds. And each and every single round that you make, there is a prayer for that. Right. So every round, first round, you have a prayer for that. A Second round, you have a prayer for that. And then, again, it, it's quite technical, to be honest. I, I learned that. Just for the benefit of the
0: listener, the prayers that Brother Raza is talking about, you don't need to be memorizing. No, no, no. You, no. you can actually have the prayers with you and yes. read them. So you can cheat. Mm-hmm. While you're doing You can it. cheat
2: on that. And, and that's that's very helpful. There's little booklets that, that have been described every single Um, prayer for every single round so you do these seven rounds and every time you get close to or you get to the point of where the black stone is ideally you're supposed to kiss it but because again we're talking about hundreds of thousands of people at every any given moment and it's it's impossible it's pretty much impossible um to 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 kiss, physically kiss kiss the stone or even touch it. So you just signal it. You just make that gesture, basically. You blow a kiss towards it. And then again, at, at a certain point, the prayer will be the same. So during the round is a different prayer, but when you get close. So you do the seven rounds, and then you they've made it in a way that as soon as you finish, you keep going, and then you have the thing that is called sa'i, meaning the story goes when Prophet Abraham brought his wife, uh, Hazit Hajra, may be with her, and his infant, like baby, uh, Prophet uh, Ishmael, and he left them in the desert, right there where the the Kaaba is now. And while he was leaving, his wife asked him, why are you leaving us here? Have I done something wrong? Or is it because God Almighty told you to, and in that moment, he of course—I mean, this is a father. He has a child after a long time, his wife, and he leaves him in the middle of the desert where there's nothing around them, with a few dates and one flask, flask of, of of water, and all he he can do is just, you know raise his finger and point towards the sky, and then she understood. God told him, "I'm okay with that," and. The story goes that when the water finishes, now she's in search of the water. She goes from right to left, from one side to the other, and at that time there were two mountains or two hills, basically Mount Safa and Mount Marwa. Can Again, there um, well, you have hints of it. Mm. So Safa is a bit bigger than Marwa. Marwa is just like it's just like uh, two inches maybe high, left. Okay. But they so you they've, don't have to climb up anything. Um, now. no, no, no. You don't have to okay. climb up. But they've mm-hmm. made it in a way that there's a sti- like a sl- sl- tiny little incline towards when you get to Safa or when you get to Marva. But right. it's all marble floor. First of all, mm-hmm. AC and and not AC, but the air is much much cooler because they've done they've done something to it. I don't know what. Um, but it's it's very easy to do. But at the same time, you're looking at. I think it's it's. Four to five hundred meters one way, mm-hmm. so you're basically doing two kilometers, if not more. How much, seven rounds, so seven times four, 20. it's two point two point eight kilometers basically, in one sitting. So you go from one side to the other, and then duck, 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 seven times again, you do your, your two voluntary prayers, and that's basically it.
1: And do you, are there any prescribed prayers for... Yeah, prayers? yeah,
2: of course. So for every single round, okay. there's a prayer. So one, when you go from Safa to Marwa, there's a there's a prayer. When you go from Marwa to Safa, the second round, there's a prayer. Seven prayers, basically. And then you have these groups. So people come from Uzbekistan, from Kazakhstan, from any part of the world that you can think of. Um, and they have their own little group. So there's one guy in the front. He's reciting it out loud and everybody else behind them, they're just repeating the words. Um, that's what I've done with my family. For example, I had my parents with me, so I would read out. They would just read behind me, and then would do the rounds here and there. If you're an elderly, they have wheelchairs as well. If you're willing to pay more, they got electric scooters, basically, as well. So electric wheelchairs. <laughs> yeah, And they have built like different stories. The first story is the actual uh, Safa Marva ground. And the second one is is a bit less busy. The third one is for the E-scooters or E-wheelchairs, electric wheelchairs. But it's it's impossible for you to describe it in words. I'm telling you. Once you go there, I think just clear every expectation that you have and just go in there with the only intention that this is the call of God. As you said, this is your calling. He's called you and you're going there to say, I'm here. And just experience
1: it as it comes. Yeah. And
2: experience and and just let it let it flow. Let it flow. Let it flow. Let it flow. Experience it and, and and let everything out. There's there's nothing like it, I'm telling you. There's nothing like it. And and then the water, that special water, Zamzam water, that we believe is also you know, a divine source, basically. Um, created through the crying and through the, the, the anguish of Prophet Ishmael when he was still a baby and, and, and created by God Almighty. And it's never ending. And all of these things, you will never, in the process, you will not notice how tired you are. Mm. It's just not on your mind. Yes, when you go back to the hotel and <laughs> you lie down for a it probably, it's, probably, it's yeah. like, oh my goodness, what did I just do? It was like five kilometers altogether, if not more, six, seven clicks that you just walked mm. on, on, on hard surface in the blistering heat or, yeah. We are coming up to the hour. It is the last three minutes, so Brother Rosa. I think at the end of this year, something that we spoke about in, in both hours, and we, we mentioned this over and over again, the world and everything in it is not going to help us. The people and, and the institutions that we've looked up to for help, they have clearly failed us. So what is the harm? What is stopping you who are listening to me right now? What is stopping you from turning to God? What is hindering you? What's the reason why you don't fall down in prostration? doesn't matter if you're Muslim or not, but why don't you just ask God for help? Ask Him. And it's his promise that if you come to me walking, I'll come to you running. If you come to me uh, a hand's length, I will come to you in arm's length. Try it. What's the harm, Brother Daniel?
1: I'm speechless, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> after listening to what um, th- this whole experience, and I am just speechless. Um, yeah, um, all I'd just say is that, um, yeah, this is. Um, uh, it is. Kaaba is uh, is something larger than life for most Muslims and um, yeah it is it is definitely something to uh, to go and touch and oh I forgot
2: you have to shave your head after that so all of this yes. is done you have to shave your head well
0: um, it is coming up to the end of the show it is coming up to the end of the Drive Time Show for the year it's been a fascinating year um, it's it's uh, We have covered just about everything. I think nothing would be better, nothing better than to finish off the year by talking about the calling. Um, I think with the way the world is and how everything is happening, um, we know if one was to be rational, logical, as brothers in the studio have talked about it, every single avenue that we have looked to to date has failed us. So maybe it's time we need to start looking, um, and and looking and leaning towards God Almighty. I just want to thank um, uh, our team of producers who work all year round in in uh, uh, in creating programs for us, um, and may Allah bless you for all the hard work you do, and may God Almighty reward you for all your efforts. So I want to thank the the tech team, Brother Shahriyar, Brother Asad. Uh, and all the other team who who take a time out and help us in producing these shows. Thank you to all my brothers in the studio for always joining me. Thank you to you. Please forgive any shortcomings on our part. Until next time, may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all.